Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. It's time once again for Mother Angelica Answering the Call. It's the weekly radio program that highlights Mother's spiritual insights and compassion when dealing with questions that troubled her viewers on her live show back in the 80s and the 90s. I'm Doug Keck, as always, joined by my good friend and co-host, EWTN chaplain, Father Joseph Marywolf. Always great to be with you, Father. And with you, Doug. You know, yesterday we had two couples who were both originally from Puerto Rico, have emigrated to the United States, and... Um, the one couple was saying that they had a son in their 20s who just loves Mother Angelica and always watches her programs and how relevant what she said, you know, back in those days is relevant today. Absolutely. I, I think mm-hmm. in many times we've commented that it, often it almost seems more relevant. Mm-hmm. Yes. A growing relevance, right, that she could foresee where we were headed and the things that we were struggling with then are even more um, you know, today, something that we're dealing with. Absolutely. And some of our topics, honoring the Sacred Heart, very uh, important to you, Father. Mm-hmm. I know that. When Mother was three years old, there's a great little story there, <laughs> the love of the Lord, and also opening things up. Ask God to open your heart. How mm-hmm. do you do that? Well, you ask him. <laughs> so, Lord, open my heart. I'm having a hard time doing it. You know, it's, it's been interesting talking with uh, Sister Regina, who was the first... Alabama vocation here to the monastery, and I would ask her, you know, what was it like in those early days, and what was going on, especially around the network? I was really interested in what was the atmosphere like and what was going on. She said, it was like Pentecost, Mm -hmm. that we just felt like the Holy Spirit was moving, and he was working, and he's working in a special way through Mother, and we just wanted to support her, whatever she was doing, because we knew that God was behind it. So... You know, you think about the Acts of the Apostles, it begins with this fire, and and I think, too, with the network, it began with this fire, this new beginning that only God really could accomplish, and now it's become uh, this wonderful teaching vessel for the the whole world. Do you think there's a certain transformation that may be that initial tongues of fire, so to speak, Mm -hmm. but then it changes into another form? Like more contemplative and more embracing the sacrifice too that's a part of being here right that there's elements of sacrifice that all of our employees and the friars and the sisters that we embrace for love of god and for love of others and uh, so yeah i think it becomes quieter more contemplative and and sacramentalized Mm -hmm. in, in many ways yeah ask god to open your heart start there here's what mother has to say we have another call hello Good evening, Mother Angelica. Good Welcome back. I love you and I missed you. Thank you. Mother Angelica, can you tell me how I can open my heart to the Holy Spirit? I pray all the time for the Holy Spirit to come into my heart. Yes. When will I know when he's there? And how can I love Jesus the way you love him? Ask the Lord to open your heart to his love. The Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son. And when we ask for the Holy Spirit, we not only ask for His gifts, the seven gifts, the most important gifts. Charisms are something God can give or not give, and that's up to Him. 
But he always gives us, gave us at baptism and confirmation, those powerful seven gifts. And I'll, I'll talk about those tomorrow. But what is the Spirit? What did, how did the Spirit come on the apostles? In tongues of fire. And they were so filled with the love of God. That's what pushed them out. That's what made them bold. That's what made them heal. The love of God was flowing with such force that they could do such great things. That's what made them so strong. They were able to go in the lion's den. That's what made Peter so strong that he could be crucified upside down. Ask the Spirit to give you who he is, love. Come into my heart. Come with your gifts. But the greatest gift of all is love. And St. Paul says this. Faith, hope, and love. These three. But he said the greatest of these is love. When I die, faith shall fall away, for I shall see him. Hope shall fall away, because I will possess him. And so what shall be left? Love. That's what's going to be left. See, I, I have to ask the Holy Spirit to fill me with himself. And what is that? Love. Well, we pray to the Holy Spirit for exams and, and decisions. It's a gift of counsel. And we want to love God and my neighbor, and that's piety. And I want to have a fear of sin so I don't sin, and that's fear of the Lord. And I want to have detachment from the world, and that's knowledge. And I want to understand the scriptures, and that's the gift of understanding. And I want most of all wisdom. But what is wisdom? We should say, who is wisdom? Jesus is the wisdom of the Father. And what do I ask the Spirit when I ask for wisdom? I ask for such a great love for Jesus. For such a burning love for Jesus. That I can forgive my enemies. I can love my neighbor with the same love in my heart as a Jesus love. I can have all the gifts of the Spirit, but most of all, my heart and my soul belong to Jesus. That's what we ask for. We can ask him to open our minds when we read the scriptures, but after my mind is open, I must be filled with love. See, I have to love the one I read about. That's what made these great saints. That's what makes Mother Teresa walk through the streets of Calcutta and, and pick up men and women full of maggots and worms and rotting off limbs. It's love, see. If we don't love, we have nothing. And that's what you ask for. Everything else will come with it. Ask for the greater things, St. Paul said. The greatest thing is to love. Not to be loved. We are loved by God. That's what, that's what urges us on to love him, that we are loved by God. But I, I can't be spending my life wanting to be loved by my neighbor. I must love my neighbor. There's no commandment that says your neighbor must love you. <laughs> 
just <laughs> the, the chances of that sometime are nil. <laughs> you know, my enemies increase every day. <laughs> but I love them. I, I don't know them. That maybe that's why I love them because I don't see them. I don't know. They, I get nasty letters, you know. But the, the, the whole thing is, my love for God must be so burning, so alive, that it 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 just passes on to you. And moving ahead, our next caller talks about the love of the Lord and shocked mm-hmm. to find out that nuns could speak, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's really a beautiful little poem that she's put together here. You know, I had a wedding recently, and in my homily I quoted Pope John Paul II, where he says, you know, man cannot live without love, and he doesn't understand himself without love, and unless he participates intimately in it, you know, in this especially as fulfilled, of course, in God. And I think this this little poem that this person wrote just really kind of brings that across. The love of God is, uh, the Lord is pure, abundant, unique, alive. I like the imagery that Mother has, too, when she talks about the that light that shines in the eyes of the saints mm-hmm. and also the idea of the sanctuary light and that mm-hmm. light. Yeah, and that's the heart of all of our churches, so that's our great consolation as Catholics, my dear people, is that wherever the nearest tabernacle is, there the heart of the Lord is burning for love of you. And we can always find comfort there. We can always find light to guide the path of our lives. And as Mother says, you can't have a fire unless you get close to a fire, and mm-hmm. you can't be warm unless you're near the heat. And that's, you know, in our church the real presence, and during right. Mass. And so that's Mother Angelica talking about the love of the Lord. We have a call. Hello? Hello. Hi, Mother Angelica. Hi. Um, I saw you many years ago here in Houston at the Catholic Charismatic Center in person. Yeah. And uh, I, it really changed my life to hear you speak. I didn't even know Thank nuns you. could speak. That was a long time ago, huh? <laughs> yes. It was many, many, many yeah, years yeah. ago. Um, after a prayer time, uh, Mother, this poem came to my mind, and I got to the office the next day, and it was burning in me so that I had to uh, jot it down. And I'd like to share it with you all. Oh, please. It's called The Love of the Lord. Yeah. The love of the Lord is pure. The love of the Lord is abundant. The love of the Lord is unique. Blessed be the love of the Lord. The love of the Lord is alive. The love of the Lord is free. The love of the Lord is given unto you. The love of the Lord comes from the cross. The love of the Lord is to be held in our hearts. The love of the Lord is sincere. The love of the Lord has been given. The love of the Lord is for us. Blessed and exalted is the love of the Lord. Praise Jesus. That's a, that's a beautiful prayer. Uh, that, that comes to us from whoever wrote it from a heart that is in love. Um, the Eternal Father spoke a lot, you know, who was it now here, to St. Uh, Catherine of Siena. And he says, The soul united to me at the fire of my divine love, loving me, he says, observing the lessons of my truth, that soul becomes a light. 
you know, we read so much in the gospel is it's don't don't put your light on a bushel. So put it on top of a mountain for people to see by. And what is that light? Is it your knowledge? Well, a lot of people have a lot of knowledge and they don't even believe in God. Is it your talent? What is it in you that is that light? What is it that shines from the eyes of a saint that says that I am here? It's like a little, you know, in our churches, in the Catholic Church, we have a, a sanctuary light. It's a candle, a large candle about this big. And it's, you know when you walk in a Catholic Church, the Lord is there. Today you have a hard time finding him. But if you find the light, then you know where the Lord is, you see. And, and that light indicates that in that tabernacle is the love of all loves, infinite love. You can't love unless you get close to love. You can't have a fire unless you get close to a fire. You can't be warm unless you're near the heat. See, we, we have to know that we are loved like this. We, we just... We think we're going, I don't know, Lord just retained all these people. And, and he looks at, oh, who are you? Like I go around sometime in a network and I see some stranger. And I say, oh, you work for me? <laughs> sometimes I say, oh, yeah. I thought, oh, I didn't know that. God isn't like that. He knew you. He called you. He chose you. And he loves you from before time began. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And we do appreciate you staying with us for part two of Mother Angelica answering the call, Doug Keck along with my co-host, Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Next up for Mother, she tells a story about when she was three years old. Yes, that's always interesting. I think we, she told this another time, too, but we never get tired. You know, there's different stories Mother told uh, over and over again, and you're just waiting for the punchline, and it never lost its humor, you know. And so Mother telling this real story, you know, of her own struggle as a three-year-old, or how she kind of just responded to her her mother's mother-in-law, uh, really has a great sense of humor. It's interesting, too, because in the discussion here, it's, it's off topic, but Mother talks about learning to drive. She, mm -hmm. Even she could drive in South Dakota, <laughs> so she didn't drive, right? No, I, I never saw her drive. It was always uh, Sister Regina would be one of those who would drive her, other, other sisters. And Mother makes a good point, you know, like when I go back to Iowa, on those wide open spaces, it's a lot easier to pray on the road. But when you're on I-65, it's like you're at the Talladega Speedway around here. Hard to pray. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, that's true. That's right. We we don't want you praying in the hospital <laughs> after right. after the accident. Mm -hmm. It's also interesting too because Mother makes the point about this with the three year old story that she tells here. That idea that we we make mm -hmm. innocent mistakes many times. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. Right. When we're not we're naive about our faith. And you know, it's something too that children can be honest. <laughs> mm -hmm. And sometimes they can be bluntly honest and sometimes the Lord uses that, right? To kind of get a point across to us as well. 
Right. It's also the kinds of things that we learn from mm-hmm. as we go along. We make those statements, and mm-hmm. as Mother talks about, and we'll see what she has to say when she was three years old. Well, we have a call. Hello? Hi, Mother Angelica. Hi. Where God, are you from? I just want to say God bless you. I think oh. you're just phenomenal. You've Thank given me so you. much strength. Thank you. The first thing, I just want to make a quick comment. I am a single mother. Yes. And um, I wanted to tell you, because you asked a question, what's the first thing you think of when you wake up? And it's funny, because two days ago, I woke up um, singing um, Glory to God in the Highest. Praise God. That's wonderful. I'm talking to my God and mean angel a lot That's before great. I go to sleep. That's great. I've got two questions. The first one was, um, was the Blessed Virgin tempted, or did Jesus prevent it? And my second one is... Which is better, um, prayer during the day while you're driving and while you're easily distracted, or is it better to pray at a quiet time set daily? I'll hang up and you can answer uh, them. Well, God bless. You're welcome, to it. Well, I think you, you can pray both ways. I would keep my eyes on the road, though. <laughs> but uh, you, can, you can pray especially during traffic. That's what I liked about South Dakota. There was no traffic. Even I could learn to drive in South Dakota. But you pray at both times, but not concentrated prayer while you're driving. You can just say a Hail Mary. You can watch. When we go from here to the farm, we say a rosary. But it, it just say little things like, uh, Lord, don't let me honk my horn at this slow driver in front of me. Or, Lord, why do you put so many big trucks that look like they're five miles long on the highway? Or, Lord, why does everybody pass me up and look mean at me? (laughs) There's little things, you know. Those are are things you wouldn't think of praying about. That's why I mentioned them. Um, What was your first question? I don't know. I don't think anybody can say so, but I would imagine she was tempted but never sinned. We know that. Our dear Lord was tempted in the desert. He was sent by the Holy Spirit to be tempted. So I would imagine Our Lady would have had the same, but not the kind we have. For example, you, yeah, that it sounds sensible to me. You don't have the same temptations that a nine-year-old would have or a five-year-old, or a three-year-old. I, and I know about three-year-olds, because I remember the first boo-boo I made. <laughs> My mother's mother-in-law was something else. <laughs> now that a nun, I, I'm a nun, I can't tell you what something else she was. <laughs> But anyway, she was a character, and she used to be able to take the bones out of a chicken, and you never knew it. I mean, a chicken looked like a chicken, you know, but if you picked up the leg, it was crunch. There was nothing in there to stop you from crunching. Well, she was very angry at my mother because my mother couldn't do it. You know, my mother was a great cook, but she cleaned the chicken, and she did whatever you do with chicken, put it in the oven. And she was griping at her for not doing it right. 
And I was, my, like the stove is here, my grandmother was here, and my mother here, and I was underneath here, you know. And I looked up at my grandmother and I said, oh, shut up, you all time talk, talk. <laughs> Three years old. And I didn't know anything about temptation. But see, that showed my character already. My mother. My mother lifted me up and gave me a kiss because it was years before I knew I did something wrong, you know. But, uh, and it was wrong, but I didn't know it. But, you see, Our Lady had to be tempted in other ways. And closing out this week's program, another caller talking about honoring the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Now, you, mm -hmm. you're involved with that, aren't you? Yes, and the sisters imparted that, you know, that devotion to the Sacred Heart. I actually consecrated their monastery to the Sacred Heart uh, many years ago, and uh, that was a great privilege. But I love one of the promises of the Sacred Heart that Mother mentions here. I will give the priests the power to touch the hardest hearts. So I'm very much comforted by that, that it doesn't depend on me, right? But if I have devotion to the Sacred Heart, that he can use my words, however poor or good they may be, uh, to touch the hardest hearts. What I think is really nice about it, too, in, in, in reviewing this, this discussion, reminding about the idea of the idea, I will establish peace in the family. Mm -hmm. And you think about how much lack of peace there is today yeah. in the family. And it gives a heart to the home. So we talked about, you know, the tabernacle is the heart of our churches, and this gives a heart to the home. And Cardinal Burke says something interesting, how it's almost connected to the tabernacle when you consecrate your home to the sacred heart, that there's a way in which he's present in that home in a new way, just like he's really present in the Eucharist and the tabernacle. Right. Honoring the sacred heart of Jesus. We have another call. Hello? Hello? Hello, Mother? Yes. I'm Margie Tauber from Largo, Florida. Uh -huh. And I'm so very happy to talk to you. I'm very interested in knowing how do we honor um, the Sacred Heart? Uh, you know, pictures of the Sacred Heart. Uh -huh. Well, I would, I would go. Let's see if I can find it here. I would um, go to the First Fridays. Um, I think it's somewhere in here he taught. Here we go. Let me tell you what our dear Lord promised St. Margaret Mary. If we would follow the first Friday, the first Friday of every month, our dear Lord asked that we go to Mass and Holy Communion. We remind you of this on every first Friday of the month. And why did he, the Jesuit order, I don't think they do it anymore, but the Jesuit order were the great defenders of the love of the Sacred Heart. And, and this is what our Lord, our Lord promised he would give to us if we honored his his love for us see we, we can't imagine God wanting that me to love him that much number one I will give to souls devoted to me all the graces of their state in life he, he wants our love so bad he don't know what to do I will establish peace in their families is that why there's no peace in our families 
because we have not devoted ourselves to the love of Jesus. I will bless every house in which a picture of my heart is exposed and honored. I will console them in their difficulties. I will be their refuge during life and at hour of death. I will pour abundant blessings upon their undertakings. Sinners shall find in my heart a fountain and a boundless ocean of mercy. Tepid souls, lukewarm souls, shall become fervent. Fervent souls shall rise speedily to great holiness. I will give to priests the power of touching the hardest hearts. If you're a priest and you don't seem to have the power to touch hearts, maybe you ought to look at the sacred heart and say, why is it, Lord, that I don't seem to have what it takes to bring people back? I seem to be pushing them away. Those who pro propagate this devotion shall have their names written in my heart, never to be blotted out. Oh, boy. I promise you, he said, in the excessive mercy of my heart, that all my powerful love will grant that all those who receive communion on the first Friday of the month for nine consecutive months will receive the grace of final penitence. That means at the end of your life you shall have total repentance. They shall die in my pleasure after receiving the sacraments. My divine heart shall be their refuge at the moment of their death. can't imagine God loving me so much that he's going to make all these promises because he wants me to love him. Not just for the promises, though. It just manifests to me that burning fire in the heart of Jesus who calls all humanity to himself. And what do we say? For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.